Welcome to the Living Your Best Life podcast, where we delve into the meaning of living your best life and provide practical insights on how to achieve that. Join me, Sam Wild, life coach, mentor, and guide, committed to helping you reach your full potential and living your best life. As you prepare to listen, take a moment to center yourself, take a deep breath, relax your shoulders, and clear your mind. Let's begin. So we're talking about consistency, commitment, and self-sabotage. And, and this time we're focusing really on the being section. So we talked about, um, we've talked before about be, do, have. Who I'm being creates the doing, and the doing creates the having. And often when we talk about um, commitment and consistency and self-sabotage as well, we're fully focused on the doing bit, right? The doing that creates the having, which is great. I mean, it makes sense that when I do this, I get that. That makes sense. When it comes to, to long-term change, to consistency, being committed to the consistency of change, we want to really focus on the being, the be bit, the bit at the beginning, which creates the doing. And I'm going to go into more depth in this, in this conversation. But it's important that we do that, because if we don't do that, it's going to make the doing much more difficult, right? So when things get uncomfortable, when things get challenging, when things get more difficult, which inevitably they do when we're creating change, if we don't focus on the being piece, the doing is just, it's likely not to happen. It's likely not to happen. So I wanted to share a, a little client story with you. And this is just a little bit of a, a little bit of a demonstration, a little bit of a pointer, right, as to um, this piece around being. It was actually two days ago, I was having a conversation with uh, a potential client. She's not a, not a, a client I'm working with uh, in a paid engagement yet, but a potential client. And she is a coach and all she has part of her work. She's a coach. And one of the things that she wants help with is making money in her business. And when we were talking about it, what I noticed was she had self-beliefs and questions about herself. Can I make money? Can I do this? Am I worth this? And on the surface of things, they look like really good questions. But actually, what they were was what it was, was creating doubt. The question in itself was a judgment. The question itself was creating doubt. Can I do this? Can I create that? Am I worth that? So these questions although they can be like good questions, they were actually creating doubt because your question, she was questioning herself, can I do this? I mean, when it comes to commitment, what, what even is that? What is that? It's yes or no. It's not a can I. What that is in itself is a no. Who she is being is living and creating self-doubt. She's making room for it. She's making, she's like lighting the fire of self-doubt by asking, can I, or living in the question, can I? So what I asked her to do and what I invited her to look at, but it's not can I, but are you willing? Are you willing to be the person that does what's required? Are you willing to be the person that asks for money when you're uncomfortable? Are you willing to be the person that somebody says no to and you can recover, get back up and continue asking for money. So it really boils down to, are you willing, not can I? Are you willing is yes or no? It's yes or it's no. Can I create doubt? 
right? So we don't, for me as a coach, one of the things I'm listening for is the context of how people talk to themselves. And if ever I hear anybody, um, and I'll, I'm gonna come on to this later in one of the points more deeply, but if ever I'm with somebody and I hear them say, I'm gonna try, I think so, I hope it will work out this time, maybe it's this time, it's like, that's already a no. That's already a no. In fact, that my T-shirt speaks to it today, right? I wore this for you guys. All right, this word, it's not even a word, but I love it. Yes and, well, yes, but actually no. What we're saying when it's like, when we're not saying yes, and we're not fully in, it's no. Well, yeah, but actually no. And that's what can really uh, keep us stuck. Because when we say yes, we even know deep down that we're not really gonna do what's required. We're not really willing to be the person that gets what they want. So yes and we wanna, we wanna suck that off, all right? And, and, and be a yes if we want what we want. So consistency consistency being consistent if we consistently do what's required we will get the outcome that that creates right so at the moment i'm uh, in a calorie deficit right i've shared this already but it's 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 kind of alive so it feels like a really good example i'm in a calorie deficit this week i'm in a very heavy calorie deficit one of the goals that i had for this year was to be as lean as i possibly can to be able to sit, I don't have six pack because I don't have six abdominals. I have four. Believe it or not, not everybody has six. They have eight sometimes. They have four. And for me, I have four. So I haven't seen those abs. I've always been lean, but I haven't seen those abs since I was like 20 years old. So one of my goals this year was to be able to see my abs. Now, it didn't make sense to me. At the time. I was like, oh, that's a bit vain, you know, and I was giving myself all this kind of giving myself a hard time about this goal. But now I'm doing it, it makes complete sense. Like I've shared with you guys, we've got baby number two on the way in June and I want to be prepared. I want to be ready. I want to be full of energy. I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to not sleep and still, still, still function. I want to be able to serve my family and still be able to function. So for me, part of that is being as healthy as I can be. So one of the things that I'm noticing about being in calorie deficit, I've said, yes, I'm going to lose that weight. It's not a question. It's not a, there isn't any room for doubt. It's yes. And that's, and, it, and I'm, I'm like in my third, third, fourth, well, third week in, um, I'm going heavy on the calories this week and then I'll bring them up again next week just to keep my body, because the body gets, without going into it, the body gets used to the calories it eats so, or takes in. So it's good to kind of uh, vary it. So for me, what I'm noticing is of an evening and during the day, what can happen is I have these experiences of, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, yeah, but you, you, know, you need to eat to get some energy to, you know, you're tired, eat something, have something to drink. And I hear my mind making these excuses and these reasons. So I'm like, this old conditioning is coming in and it brings with it feelings, feelings of boredom or feelings of kind of loneliness or, you know, whatever it is. And it, and it, and it brings those things up. Now, the, the actual consistency piece isn't only in staying in calorie deficit because that is what will create the, the fat loss. I get that. And that's actually the easy bit. For most of us, the doing is actually the easy bit. The challenging bit is what comes up in our being, in ourself, when we're doing doing, right? And that could be the challenging bit. The, you know what I mean? Like those kind of like the voices, the, 
the habits, the urges, the cravings, the stories, they're the thing that we find challenging. They're often the thing that has us take the take the action that doesn't serve our goal, right? So it might be, oh, I'm just going to have more to eat today, right? Something like that. So the thing we need to be consistent in is the step before the action. And I'm going to I'm going to draw something which will which will hopefully make a little bit more sense to you guys. Right. So let me share my board with you. And I've drawn this before, but this is this is going to a slightly different um, kind of a slightly different angle. If we want to consistent, if we want to be consistent, we have to be consistent. And that means being consistent with how we treat ourselves, right? So here's an example. The human condition does this. Well, I mean, I'm running out of space on my standing desk with my mouse here. <laughs> so we have peaks and we have troughs and we have the bit in the middle. That's human, right? So some days we're feeling amazing some days we're not feeling amazing and some days we're just kind of in the middle there somewhere now generally speaking what i observe is when when we're up here and when we're feeling good things feel easy and then when we're not things kind of feel a little bit harder a little bit more challenging right and normally for us when we're and i get this with clients when i speak to them with they, when it comes to their goals when it's when they're when they're feeling good it's easy they feel motivated there's there's plenty of kind of resource they find it's it's good and that's normally where we'd start a goal right we're feeling motivated feeling good this is the time now it's going to change this time everything's going to be okay and then at some point it starts to get harder again right we start to feel a bit more challenged it feels difficult we might feel tired we might feel like life's taking over a bit there's stuff happening we feel down you know there's all this sort of stuff that can happen and that's when it feels harder. And that's normally when in ourselves, we listen to those excuses, we listen to those cravings. And that's where we generally self-sabotage, right? And we're going to come on to that in a bit, but it's all linked. So it's not separate. The, the key to this, the key to this, and this is what I'm really learning about, well, what I've learned over the years about myself and those that I work with, the key is to be consistent in how we treat ourselves. So if we want this kind of nice <laughs> straight-ish line, <laughs> right? We've got to learn, we've got to learn to treat ourselves the same. No matter how we're feeling, no matter what's going on, the key is to treat ourselves the same. For me, that's with love, it's with compassion, it's with groundedness, it's with centeredness, it's with forgiveness. So anything I feel, believe or say about myself, I welcome in with love, forgiveness and acceptance. I allow it. I don't push it away. I don't fight it. This isn't hard. Being in calorie deficit like this isn't hard. It's easy. And that's not because I'm different. It's because that's how I choose it to be. I choose it to be that it's easy. So even when... It could be hard and there's all those feelings, there's all those like excuses and there's all those like, oh, I'm missing out and I'm, I'm missing out and I'm not drinking and I'm, you know, all this sort of stuff, which happens. It's like, it's, it, it, I am that it's easy. So I'm really gentle on myself. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. I, I experience those things. I acknowledge that they're experienced and it's easy. It's okay. So if I'm consistent in how I treat myself, 
being in calorie deficit and watching the weight come down has been easy or easeful. It's not to say that it hasn't been challenging and there aren't difficult times and there aren't voices and, you know, what we call the Betty bitch voice, if that's what you want to call it. Like, we ha I have that and we have that. I see it in my clients. <laughs> I just noticed um, Zoom start out the word bitch, which was quite interesting. So we have those, we have the opportunity to be consistent in how we treat ourselves, to create a way of being that is open, loving, caring, forgiving, and easeful with whatever arises, and then creating my goal. Then the being changes. So the being is a way of, the way of being is easeful, it's relaxing, it's peaceful, it's easy, it's forgiving, it's loving. And then what then occurs is, I sail through, I sail through. So I just wanted to invite you to think about that. Um, and what can really help is to just create some quiet time for yourself, you know, to have space and some time where you can just slow it down and relax and allow yourself to make sure this is easeful. So that's consistency, right? So being consistent in how we treat ourselves consistency in the being is what is going to have the doing be easy be easy so commitment we're going to ramp it up a little bit here and this is going to get uncomfortable for some of you and i get it right i'm not here to i'm not here to be nice i'm here to love and support you and so if this feels triggering, then let me know and it's just know that it's okay, right? If we're triggered, it means there's something there for us to look at. So when it comes to commitment and outcomes and whether you're going to get your goal achieved or not, there are two things, only two things count. Yes or no. Anything other than yes is no. So... Maybe I have no time, I'm not motivated, I'll do it on Monday. Um, all of that is just no wrapped up in the lack of commitment container. Anything other than yes is a no. And it's really important to remember that because often 99% of people that I speak to about achieving their goals, right, they're stuck somewhere in oh, well, I try and I've got this. And they, they give me, they, they, they present a million and one excuses as to why they can't do something. And, it's, and, and the question is, but is this, is, this, is this what you want? Well, yeah. So then say yes. An example of that is, um, for those of you that are parents or not, think about somebody, I usually use kids because it's on my mind, but think about um, somebody who you love, right? Somebody who you really love or have loved. And you got a phone call, right? It's the middle of the night. You've got no car. Um, you've got no money. And they ring you up and they say, I'm in trouble. And unless you get here, something bad's going to happen to me. What do you do? They're all the way across town, right? You've got no money. You've got no car. What do you do? You get there. You fucking knock on your neighbor's doors. You're a yes, right? There is no room for negotiation. Why would there be? Why would we negotiate with that? 
in the same way, why are we negotiating with ourselves? Why would we negotiate? What even is that? It's yes or it's no. So you find a way, you knock on your neighbor's doors, you ask to borrow their car, you ask some money, you ask if they can take you across town, you share the story, you're like, I've got to get there. This has to happen. And in the same way, that level of commitment is what's going to have you get what you want and your life to change. We don't want to live in this, right? Yes, and it's like, yes, but actually no. It's like you're going to get there, whatever happens. And in the same way, that level of commitment, that is a yes. That's a yes. There is no, there's no negotiation. There's no faltering. And that is the level of commitment that it takes to have what you want. It doesn't have to be forceful. It's not like a forceful thing, as I shared in the previous kind of piece. But it's like, yes or no, be clear. Because if you're saying yes, but you really mean no, that's going to have you live in resistance of frustration and confusion and annoyance and you'll be triggered and there's other people around you are going to feel it. You'll know if you're if you experience resistance around your goal, the chances are it's because you're saying this. You're saying yes, but actually no. So the key for me, especially as a coach, is are you saying yes or are you saying no? No judgment. Just be clear. Be honest. You can always tell or I can always tell what somebody wants by what's here now and how they're being now. So if somebody says, yeah, I wanted this thing for ages and I haven't made it happen yet. There are two things, either they don't know how to make it happen or they're saying yes, but they really mean no. So we want to really get clear and honest. Honesty is key to this, right? If you haven't noticed already, honest with, is this what I want? Yes or no? Am I willing to be the person that does what's required to have what I want? Yes or no? And it's the same with this calorie deficit. I'm a yes. There's no negotiation ever. It's yes. And I find a way to make it work, to make it happen. And you know, I've actually loved it because I love seeing the result of my way of being. It's not only do I get the result, that's not really what we're looking for. We're looking for what we actually get from the result. And what I'm experiencing is strength. It's commitment. That level of commitment is a game changer. Um, I will come back through um, the questions, guys. Um, yeah, so Diane, what happens when you really want to, uh, you really want to, but addiction can take over? Yeah, so here's the thing, right? So there's a distinction, right? So when it comes to addiction, what I don't work with is physical body addictions, right? So for example, if someone was to come to me shaking because they haven't had a drink in a couple of days, yes, I can work with that person and I would request that they get some support, some physical support with it, right? That's a difference. But you're not addicted to the sugar. You're addicted to the stories and the thinking that you have around sugar. Sugar makes me feel this. You, you're, the sugar is the, is the carrier to having what you think you need. So it's like in the sugar, what do I get from that? So what I would invite you to do, Diane, is to look at what do you get as a result of having the sugar? Oh, I get to feel, I get to feel fulfilled. I get to feel loved. I get to feel accepted. I get to feel relaxed. I get to feel complete, whatever it is, right? So that's what you're really looking for. And when it comes to your goal, 
the question is, are you willing to be the person that feels that stays within the cravings of an addiction or whatever it is, it doesn't sound necessarily like an addiction, but if it is, it is to stay in the cravings and the stories of the addiction and be loving, kind and gentle to yourself to not react within it and to create the actions that are going to give you what you want. So it's, it's almost like another excuse. Like I'm not saying you're making excuses, but I, well, I am, but I'm not pointing fingers. It's like the, the question is, am I willing? Am I willing? Yes or no? So the question, the question with that, and what I would invite you to do, Diane, if I was working with you one-to-one, I would dive in way deeper within this with you to have a look at, to, to, to pull apart, like what are the stories? What are the feelings? What is the experience of what you're talking about and the sugar and the addiction, right? To pull it apart so you have an awareness of really what's going on and what it is you're actually looking for. And then I'll invite you to create a different way of having that thing. Because things like sugar and stuff like that, they're a quick fix because our body then is like, ah, but it comes back again. So all we're doing is perpetuating what it is that we actually don't want, which is to stay stuck. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a paradox. It's like, oh, well, I want this and this is over here because I want to lose weight and I feel really good and so on and so forth. But in order to have that, I have to break this addiction. But in order for me to break the addiction, it means I'm not going to have that, that immediate like, ah, all of the time you'd be willing to give that up in the name of serving yourself and what it is that you truly want yes or no yes or no you can't have both you can't have both so the other part to this part two to commitment is get really clear on what it is that you're actually committed to like get really clear what is it so this is what I call um, do the work that allows for the work. There's always, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? There's always, for me, there's always a step before where we focus, right? So what I mean by that is what's the work that is going to allow you to do the work? So when I'm talking to a client, I'll make this one up, right? When I'm talking to a client, so an example might be, let's use the weight loss piece again, because again, it's on my mind. When we're thinking about weight loss, it's like, okay, so I know what I need to do in order to lose weight. So I need to be committed to going to the gym. I need to be committed to um, exercising. I need to be committed to drinking more water, to reducing my calories, to whatever it is that you've decided that you want to do in order to achieve your goal. The question I would have for a client, speaking to you like I would speak to a client, is the question I have for you is, what is the work that needs to be done that's going to allow you to do those things? Because what can happen is, it's like, right, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. And then you're like, great, great intention. Love that, right? I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. But then what happens is kids get up in the morning and they need you. They demand you. You're like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll go later. I'll go later. Okay. So then the kids go off to school. And you're like, oh, God, I've, got, I've got a meeting in half an hour. I don't think I can get this in. So I'll, I'll do it later right? So what then happens is it doesn't occur. You don't end up exercising. So the next day, you're like, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it today. And then something else happens, right? So it, it, you're not, there's something that needs working on before the action takes place. And, and that can look like this, right? So have you got agreements in place with those around you that's going to allow you the time? And what that can look like in the morning is like, guys, I need you to be self-sufficient in the mornings. Can we agree? 
and what do you need so that you can agree to, to being self-sufficient in the mornings so that I can be free to do what I need to do. And this is why it's important. It's going to serve me. It's going to serve you. It's going to benefit the whole family. And it might be that it's like getting your partner involved. Can we agree that you get up, you don't have that second cup of tea in the morning and you come down and you do this so that I can be free to do that. So we want to be looking at what agreements do we need to put in place? Where am I not strong in my boundaries? Where do I collapse into pleasing others and not stick to my boundaries? So it's really looking at what is that work that needs to occur so that you can do the work that's required. Because otherwise, what tends to happen is what I've shared. It's like, I've got best intentions and I know what I need to do, but it doesn't get done because you haven't created the, uh, the foundation for it to happen, right? So it's like, get really clear on what you're committed to. And for most people, and that in my experience, creating agreements to not please others, to put yourself first is the most challenging thing. It's, it's more challenging than actually going to the gym itself. So it's like, that's what we've really got to be committed to, to doing the actual work that it's going to allow for the work that you need to do to take place. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, please tell me and I'll, I'll come back to it. But it's just so important that we are aware of what the actual work is, because otherwise we just keep doing the same thing and expecting something different. And that's just going to create frustration. It's going to keep you more and more stuck. So then we come on to self-sabotage. So already we've kind of covered it. We've already kind of covered self-sabotage. And, and I hear a lot of people often, I'm going off script here, a lot of people will say, why do I self-sabotage? And again, it's like, I don't, I'm starting to really dislike that question. Why do I self-sabotage? It is, it can be helpful. Like, why do I? Well, I, I don't like myself enough. I don't love myself enough. It's like I put other people before me way too often right it's like why do i so there is a there's a helpful question there like why do i if we look for the wisdom in that and we're willing to slow down and say well why do i actually self-sabotage is it because i want it's not really what i want is it because i actually really want to do the work is it because i'm avoiding something is it because i'm afraid of what other people would think like really it can be a helpful question but if we keep asking it and we find ourselves keep asking it then it becomes less and less helpful because it just becomes an excuse right so what I would invite you guys to consider is, again, going back to the beginning, is are you willing, are you willing to be the person that does what's required? Even when it feels the most challenging, are you willing to find a way to get across town and rescue your friend without any money and without a car, without anywhere getting there other than your bare feet, you'd get there, right? So it's like, are you willing to be that person? So we really need to know, as I've already said, what the real work is, because otherwise self-sabotage, it's like the first example I gave you where somebody is getting up in the morning who wants to exercise because that's the only time that they realistically have in their day because they work really late into the night. But they give all of their time to their kids and their, their partner and their everything else and their work, but not for themselves. That looks like self-sabotage because what will happen is it's like got my intention. And I haven't done it again. Why do I say, or you get so far with it and you squeeze it in and then something happens and you're like, oh, I've done it again. It lies taken over. Why do I self-sabotage? 
But again, it's kind of looking at what is the real work. Well, you can help yourself not sabotage by making sure you have the space and the structure, the system. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about creating a system that supports the outcome. Because what you have is, is the, what you have now the re, is the result of the system you've created. So all you've got to do is change the system. This is really it. It's practical. It's logical. It's like change the system to suit the outcome. So there's no use having a, a machine that makes computer components and expecting it suddenly to make car components. It's like, no, you've got to change the system and in the pieces within the system in order for it to create the parts for the car. So it's like change the system. And that can look like we've talked about, right? It's like, what system do I need to create so that I can have the time and the space and the, the, um, the, the, yeah, the time and the space to create what I want? So this happened with a client. This was yesterday. This was yesterday. So my client has decided he's a CEO of a company, uh, an architecture firm, and he's decided um, that he is going to step down in that role and create something new for himself. One of the things he really wants to create is really passionate. He's really passionate about business. And he wants to create these really beautiful, like simple, but just the way he the way he talks about it, the way he's going to create it is going to be so life-changing for people, especially that are new into business. And he's making all these little guides that people can download and they can, they can ingest and, and, and work with. And for some reason, he wasn't getting the well, this is what we're coming to. He said, I'm not getting them done. They're not happening. He's like, I've got a plan in place and I keep planning it and I'm going to plan this and I'm going to plan that. So he was planning it all out. Um, but he believed that he didn't have time. So his belief is that I don't have time. And I said to him, this is an excuse. You not having time is an excuse. And I shared it with him as a possibility and I could see he was triggered by it, right? It's like, you're making excuses because to him, it was like, I don't have time. So we slowed it right down. And when we dug a little deeper, what started to come out was he doesn't believe that the value of his work is going to be valuable to others. He didn't believe that the stuff that he's doing will be helpful, that people will pay for it. So who he was being, right, who he was being was, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. This isn't enough. And that was showing up in, I don't have time. So I'm not going to do it because I don't believe I have time. I don't, I don't want to do it. So it's a very clever ego excuse. And what I noticed in one of the things he said was he was like, man, I've been in 20 years. I've been in this business for 20, 25 years. And he was just like, I've been in business 25 years. I've been in this business 20 years. And he was like, man, I'm, I'm awesome at what I do. I know my stuff. But he'd missed that he'd said that. So I, I pulled it out and I was like, you said that. So what would it be then to be that, to acknowledge that in yourself and then go and write these guides? How would that change it? And he was like, totally different. He just reeled off how different it would be. So the real work wasn't on getting the guides done or planning or procrastinating. It was on just seeing the stories that were there. Who he was being was, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. So that was the work. Are you willing to be that you're enough? And his work was on acknowledging himself, on seeing why he is enough, why he's more than enough, why he's the person that people would love to come and spend time with and learn from. That will completely change the work. So we sabotage. We sabotage ourselves 
because we're not, for many reasons, for the first one, I think, is that we don't consistently treat ourselves with love, kindness, and compassion. Like we're human, we're innocent. The behavior sometimes that we do sucks, right? And it affects other people, I get that. But the reason we do it is an innocence. There is an innocence wrapped up in it. I always remember this. I don't know if you guys, a lot of you won't remember this, but I, I had a friend of mine who was a film director and he worked with maximum security prisons in the US, women's maximum security prisons in the US. And we were on a, I was on a call with him with a bunch of other people. And he said, we go in and we help them forgive themselves. We help them forgive themselves. And then these people have done what we would consider the most heinous crimes, right? They're a maximum security prison. The worst behavior, the worst crimes you can imagine is what occurred for them to be in that prison, right? They're there for life. Um, not necessarily for the whole of their life, but for a life sentence, sometimes more. Sometimes people are there for life. And what they noticed was in him doing this work around forgiveness, people were then becoming like real valued members of society when they came out. And someone in the group that we were with said, how can you forgive them for that? How can you forgive these people for these crimes? It's just beyond me that you can forgive them. And he said, well, there's a distinction. I'm not forgiving the behavior. What they did was awful and heinous. And that's why they're in prison. He said, but what we're helping them do is for them to see the innocence behind the behavior. And what he went on to say was, could it be possible that under the same level of abuse, of neglect, of addiction, you know, that all these people had drug addictions before they were even born, could it be possible that if you were in that situation, you could end up in the same place? And everyone was like, well, actually, yeah. So what that, what that showed us was, and what we really went into in that conversation was, there's an innocence in who we are, in our behavior. The behavior itself, we don't, we, that's what we're judging, right? It's like, we, that's acceptable or it isn't. But the reason behind it, why we do what we do is innocent. It's due to our programming and our conditioning. So from this moment on, when we see, and when you're willing, if, if you're willing to see, oh, okay, this is innocent. I'm not going to judge it like I see. Okay, there's wisdom in it. I'm looking at it impartially. I'm learning here. Here's what I've done up until now. That's not working. And I see how I've done that. I'm innocent. And I see how I've done that. What is it that I need to change? And what is it that needs to change in order for me to, to move on, for me to make the changes I need to make? And I loved that because it was just this beautiful invitation. It was an extreme, I say extreme example, right? Of forgiving the person, not the behavior. And that's why it's important for us to remember that we're innocent. We are innocent in who we are. Because otherwise, if we, if we, not, if we don't see ourselves as innocent, we start judging ourselves. We start being harsh and critical, over-analytical, and really pushy on ourselves. That's not going to help. And like I said, right back in the consistency piece, what we need to learn is to be consistently loving, compassionate and understanding, seeing of our innocence. And if we do that, it's lighter, it's easier. We can learn from what we've done and the mistakes that we've made and that we haven't done what we said we're going to do. That's natural. It's human. That's part of learning. That is learning. That is what it is to learn that somehow we've forgotten that. And we're relearning how to learn. We see our innocence. It's like, OK, I can learn from this. What now needs to change? 
and it sometimes takes a bit of courage because we're going to have to have conversations that are uncomfortable. We're going to have to tell people that we're not going to do things for them anymore. Like it's going to get uncomfortable. And it's the thing that will have your life transform. It will have your life transform. Giving people back their, that their own responsibility is huge, huge. So that's it. Consistency, commitment, and self-sabotage. Thank you for joining me on the Living Your Best Life podcast. I hope this episode has inspired you to take action towards your goals and your dreams. To learn more about how I can support you on your journey, please visit my website at www.samwildcoaching.com. And that's wild with an E. To connect with me directly, you can get in touch with me at coachme at samwildcoaching.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I'll see you in the next one.